is the 615 Podcast with your host, veteran realtor and entrepreneur, Nick Woodard. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks again for joining me on the 615 Podcast today. I have a good friend of mine, the uh, PGA Director of Golf at National Golf and Athletic. He has also recently acquired the Wilson World Pro-Am Tournament at Pebble Beach and renamed it the In His Grip World Pro-Am, but more on that. It's my good friend, Brian Jorgensen. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, buddy. We, uh, we've kind of known each other for quite some time and um, kind of wanted to, to let everybody know that story. Um, we met about 20 years ago when... When you hired me to work at the golf course, um, you were actually one of my, my first employers. Um, I grew up in the neighborhood right next to the golf course and pretty much kicked me off the course probably once a week for about six years for fishing in the ponds. And then you decided to go ahead and hire me. So what, uh, what was the reason for hiring me? after kicking me out for so for so many years uh, one i wanted to give you a place to fish legally uh and two uh, i kind of just liked uh, your you know tenacity uh your no give up um you, you never you never were uh mean about it or you never had a, a bad word to say you were always yes sir no sir i'll leave or uh, can i just stay five more minutes i got a huge fish over here i'm working for an hour no, I think uh, I think that was it. I mean, I knew you were you know you were a good kid. You didn't mean any harm. You know, we just have rules and regulations out there that you know we like followed. But there's always an exception to that yeah. when we see somebody out there having a good time. And and then hiring you was just a no brainer. I mean, I, I thought that if you could uh, put something into work like you did your fishing, you'd be a pretty good employee. And I, I was right. And over the years, I tried to. Tried to get into golf and realize that's just not my thing. No, you stick to fish. That's not my thing. So, um, well, Brian, you've always been someone I admired and reached out to when I needed some advice. And as long as I've known you, you've been a quote unquote good person, a likable guy. Um, But past couple years, fortunately and unfortunately, um, you've had some life changing events. And um, what? Give us, give us kind of the breakdown of what you've experienced in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I think I was, uh, past couple of years, uh, you know, especially right at, at 2018 in the, in the winter in January, actually January 14th, uh, to be exact, of 2018, um, I get a, I get a note, you know, from my daughter. It's uh, just put on my pillow when I was, uh, in the shower, uh, one evening, uh, my wife's out of town and, uh, pretty excited to get that note uh, open it up kind of uh, start reading it a little bit and just to paraphrase or summarize uh, starts off like any other note you would read from your daughter you know hey dad love you you know you're, you're just you're an awesome dad and you know giving me making me feel really good about myself and then second paragraph <clears throat> she kind of she kind of gets a little bit more real All right uh, gets into, um, but you know, you could you could be a better dad, and you could be a better husband to my mom. Um, and she she goes into some of the reasons why, and a lot of it had to do with uh, you know drinking and and uh, maybe not being as present uh, of a dad as I as I should be. Uh, granted, I was here in the home, but right. maybe not present. And, her and how old being, was she at the time? 
She was 15. Okay. So, um, pretty, pretty wise for a little right. 15 Right, absolutely. Old. And she had, she had this idea back in November, her and her mom had gone to uh, JH Ranch, which is a, a really great program out of Birmingham that uh, they were here in Nashville. So they had an outback, what they call it. So she was supposed to go with me. It was a father-daughter weekend. And she decided that I wouldn't be the best person to go with. Uh, oh, wow. So she went, she went with her mom. So her and Patricia were the only daughter-daughter team there. And uh, it hurt. Absolutely. It definitely hurt a little bit. But, I, I, you know, I got over it. I'm a big boy. Kind of moved on. And she, we really never talked about it. Uh, I talked about it a little bit with Patricia. And, you know, there's always been that, I'm going to quit. This is it. Uh, it would last for a couple of weeks. And then, I'm, you know, I'm right back at it. Right, uh, right. You know, the drinking part. I was a... Well, let's call it a a functional uh, drinker. I don't want sure. to call me it. I don't want to say alcoholic because that that that's a. I think that's a uh, that's a term I don't like to use. Right, I, right. I like to use. Uh, I, I it was a, I was a situational right. guy, uh, but it was it was heavy and it was very bingey. I would go binge drinking and and uh, you know especially when I travel. Well, and you being a golf pro, yeah, it's, part, I mean, it's part of the job. Absolutely, you're... Yeah, hang with the members and you know enjoy yourself and whatever. You, you know the the golf pro. Luckily, I didn't smoke. You know most golf pros smoke, right. so, so they say. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know I get that I get that letter and man, I'm I'm shook uh, as I read it. I just feel I'm shaken. Uh, I'm I'm starting to cry. I'm I'm becoming emotional like I've never been emotional before in my life you know one of those um something's taken over my body right absolutely uh, that I, I, I can't explain and I, i'm not i'm not laying down but I, i'm sitting on the side of my bed as i'm reading this letter because I'm, I'm getting ready to kind of shut it down for the night and within a couple seconds i just find myself on the on the ground on my knees um and i am praying so hard that I didn't lose my family based on decisions my, you made. Yeah, my selfishness, right. being uh, incredibly selfish and, and never thinking of us, but always thinking of Brian. It was it was all about Brian. And man, I just uh, at that moment, uh, you know, the Lord just just got into me big time, and He made me cry harder than I've ever cried. To the point of almost exhaustion. Like, I just, uh, I was just so beaten up. And when I came to my feet, uh, I felt this lightness. I felt like I was the lightest person in the world. I mean, I, I had no, I had no pressure, no, no guilt, no sadness, no, um, the lies, the, well, you know, whatever I had done in the past just seemed to be gone from, from my thought process. Uh, and it felt amazing. So I, I kind of shook it off, and, and I took that letter, and I walked upstairs to my daughter's room. She's kind of right at the top of the stairs, and, and uh, I opened the door, and uh, she's just uh, in her bed with her arms open, uh-huh. and she goes, uh, hey, Dad. Um, I said, hey, hey Riley, can, can we cuddle? And I just snuggled in there, and uh, we talked and prayed, and and that, that's when I promised to her that this was it. This was wow. this was the last time that I'm going to let you down. 
this is the last time I'm going to have a drink. This is the last time your your, your dad's your dad's back. Just like that. Just just like that. It's been a little over two years, and I have not alcohol has not touched my lips. Wow. I've not had a celebratory glass of wine. I've not right. I've not done anything. So uh, the clearness of how impactful that was in my life, based on what I've been able to do from then until now, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's embarrassing to me that I I couldn't have done that from an earlier age, you know, because alcohol was a part of my life right. since I was 13. So it wasn't a shocker that I continued in my later years to the same patterns. And you right. know, when right. I when I went to counseling and I, and I got help, you know, there's a lot based on how you grow up and, and you know the environment and who you're who you're hanging with and all all that all that stuff. Um, I've, I've since dealt with that. It's a lot of baggage. Uh, of course, it, it was very refreshing to deal with that. To be honest with you, because I, I didn't. We just packed it away for uh, for so many years. I packed it, uh, but I, I met a amazing counselor, and I've been to counseling before, based on you know some some alcohol problems and trying to trying to understand and process. But no one ever explained it to me the way he did, and you know, he just he he just. He unpacked my bags for me. All right. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Jana Kramer. And Michael Cawson. All right. So let's talk about Nick. (laughs) This is my favorite No, no, no. Nick as a realtor. Oh, okay. In that case, he's the best. He sold um, a bunch of houses for us because we like to move. (laughs) That's why we're his favorite. But what, you know, with as often as we've moved and, and bought and sold houses, he's always made it seamless. He has, for sure. True. And he's gotten us the best deal. He's been aggressive. And he also, while we were in LA, he was here every step of the way in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because we trusted him and he was there making sure the house of our dreams was being built um, the right way. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's, um, he's not only a friend and a family member, but he's, um, he's an amazing realtor. For sure. And the one thing that stands out to me anytime I talk to people in that professional realm, whether it's our builder, other realtors, lenders or whatever, they always go out of their way to make comments about Nick. Mm -hmm. Like, man, like we really like Nick. Like Nick is great. And how often do you hear that from the people that you deal with in these in these situations that go out of their way to comment on what a great person the realtor is? Because usually that's not the case. No, not at all. So at the end of the day, vote Nick. Talk a little bit about, you know, it's like. When when you made that prayer, you literally just laid it all at at the foot of the cross, and it just. What was that like? I mean, that that's an out of body type experience. Just a, a, a complete. You know, you carry the weight of the world. You carry the weight of your guilt, your problems, your. And to have you know your little girl say the things she did. You know, me being the father of two little girls, I to- I can totally get that. Yeah. You know, they can, they can make you do changes you would never think. Right. I mean, just I I can't fathom, man. So just um, when you just laid laid everything at the the foot of the cross, it just changed your life forever. Right, right then and there. I mean, there was no 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 turning back. Uh, I felt like I was. Uh, I needed to live up to him, the Lord. I didn't didn't need to. Uh, I didn't need to make it all about Brian. Right. I needed, I needed to make it about something a little bit bigger. So, so what did life look like moving forward from there? Life looked at a lot different 
perspective wise for myself and my wife, um, you know, I completely appreciated her every day. So I started by, you know, writing her a, a note every day. I either put it in her car, I put it in her purse, or I put it by the shower, I put it in the bathroom, put it on, under her pillow. And I just, in that note, I would, I would just tell her um, how much I loved her and appreciated her for her being my wife and her walking this journey, you know, being on this journey with me. Uh, there's no more important person to me at that point than her because she supported me for all the years all right. that I, you know, that I let her down. So, so from that moment, you know, that you made the change, did you feel that it was kind of an, an instant and it changed all aspects of your life? Or do you feel like, you know, God was kind of revealing things like he took the scales off your eyes and, and now you're seeing your wife differently and now you're seeing your kids differently and, and, was it an instant or was it revealed to you over time? It was instant. Wow. Yeah, there was didn't didn't take didn't take any time. And, That's and incredible. I, and I think the validation was after getting my wife into counseling with me, uh-huh. um, we validated a lot of our our, our issues which um, kind of came back to me wanting to get away from those issues and the way I did that was, you know, I medicated and yeah. I got I got into a different place. Um, and, and I think, you know, if, if you look back at, at my life in general uh, with my parents and the way I was raised, that that was a pattern. I was I was escaping something. Sure. Absolutely. Know, whether it be, you know, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, growing up um, just very poor and, and you know, I, I had a fend for myself. So young ages, you know, having jobs and, and trying to earn money, not just for me, but for my family. Right. So that that was a different yeah, I don't know how many. Kids. We assumed responsibility at a premature age. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many kids had a upbringing like I did, but my, mine was pretty quick, and uh, it was just very different. Yeah, you know, talking to other people about it for sure. Gotcha. Well, let's um, let's fast forward. You know, you've you've gotten this letter. You've changed your life. Um, we 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 had another event happen that that. Um, change the trajectory of your life and um tell me a little bit about that yeah so uh like i said january 14th of 2018 was that event first event and then uh you know eight months later in a couple days so august 26th of that same year you know my wife is uh is tragically killed in a car accident on her way Mm. to uh work in memphis and she worked in memphis kind of during the week at least two days a week um. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess the looking back on it, the way I like to process it is, you know, the Lord was getting me ready on in January for yeah. what was getting ready to happen in, in August. It's no, it's no surprise to anybody that when I talk to him about what what it could have been, absolutely, which is, um, you know, I tell people uh, the dark place that that I could have gone would I would have left two children with no dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's when you walk into the woods and never to lost both of them. I, I, I have to say that uh, that would have definitely been on my mind, given the complete letdown that I would have been to them if I had not taken that opportunity in January to to change my life and to uh, and to be a better a better person, a better husband, and a, and a better dad. Right. Yeah. Man, first and foremost, you've got you've got remarkable kids um 
Oh, I do. I mean, just the the shifting into a parenting aspect of this, just Riley having the courage to be honest with her father at 15 years old is is remarkable. Yeah, and brutally honest. Just not, not just uh, not just around the edges. I mean, she was she was right to the core. And and that was the moment. The moment it all changed because that little girl had that courage to to tell her dad something. And you know, I, I had to look at it like she was speaking for her brother too. It's not like they don't talk. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's sitting right over here. He's he's a little bit more brutal about things. Looks just like his mama too. Yeah, he does. Um, so, you know, after the events of August, you know, two years ago, you're left being a single parent of two teenagers. You know, two teenagers that just experienced massive change in their life. Like, how in the world did you navigate that? Mm. Just, you know, you're, you're taking full responsibility. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, many of the things that Patricia handled are now your responsibility. And you're trying to raise teenagers in the middle of, you know... Teenage years. Teenage years with social media and, and you know, that stuff terrifies me. You know, my, we it just, should. we got our kids off TikTok the other day because it was just, you know, we, we, we see Emmy doing these little videos and they're cute and everything. And all of a sudden something else pops up and you're like, holy crap. Right. Oh no, it's real. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. So, I mean, like it just, just, I guess it just goes back to faith. I mean, how in the world did you handle the pressure of just a two two year complete change in everything you've ever known. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I have to. You know, Patricia did an amazing job with these kids. And I, I have to give all the credit where credits due. Uh, she was omnipresent. She was, if not in front of them, one step, maybe two steps in front yeah. of their decisions, uh, and she always had the right answer. Uh, she was not the calmest person to deal with them, but I think, I think she dealt with them in a way that showed them love and care and, and expectations. And, right. you know, the biggest thing in my life is trust. And, and I sat here at this very, in this very kitchen yesterday, eating dinner with my daughter and, and we brought up the trust thing. And, you know, that's kind of my life verse in Proverbs, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I mean, that's just what life is all about for me. And I have to have that trust in my children right. uh, because I can't, I of course can't be there every second of the day and they need to make good decisions. And Patricia did an amazing job with instilling that life verse in their, in their DNA right. as uh, you know, on the mirror at, in her bathroom, you know, there was a 10 life verses that she read every night before she went to bed probably knowing her in the morning too when she woke up but uh, that first one was Proverbs you know three five and six the trust in the Lord that was really important and uh, I think it just became part of my children's life so was was faith a part of your family life before you found Christ or did you just kind of yeah you play the role yeah I, I always had I always had Christ in my life I mean I was I wasn't as close to him as I probably, you know, should have been. Um, he was there. I kept him maybe at a little bit more of an arm's length. Right. Uh, but uh, got in a box, they say. You, yeah, you go visit, go open the box and visit him when you, there you go. when you need to every once in a while and put him back up on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, it, until until you understand and and 
know how to how to have him as your center and everything. I mean, he's he's not in the passenger seat of your car. He's right. in the driver's seat. If you think he's in the passenger seat, he, you need to move. <laughs> right. In, he's in the wrong. You're you're in the wrong seat. So, I, you know, life has gotten so much simpler in in just adhering to that trust in the Lord because. I believe it's already been scripted out. I mean, this yeah. thing, we're just playing it out. Uh, and, you know, I, I like to wake up every day trying to be a better person than I was the day before. That That's a challenge. Right. And, and I, I like I enjoy challenges. I mean, that's, well, that's and all about. Speaking of, I mean, enjoying challenges, but you say everything is simpler, but yet the, the amount of things you've taken on in the past year or so. Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. I mean, well, I think it's simpler in the fact that I don't have to do the other stuff. The other stuff is out of my life. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the 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 you know whatever you want to call pre January fourteenth of two thousand eighteen. I'm dealing with none of that. Right. So that that's a big deal. Like before that, you know, I could never go to bed because my 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 brain was always racing. You know, it was mm-hmm. always a billion thoughts going through my brain, and I was usually inebriated yep. when I fell asleep. So it was even it was even you know, more heightened. Mm-hmm. So I would have a hard time just shutting, shutting it off. I was worried about, you know, work and worried about my family and worried about forgetting things and worried about, you know, all these worries that I constantly had going through my mind. You know, we would have conversations in the evening and I would forget about them in the morning when I woke up, mm-hmm. had to revisit yeah. some things, had to, had to, you know, talk about what I was forgetting. So that was all gone. So it just became more, you know, the clarity right. was, was definitely. Wow. Well, and speaking of like you, you taking on challenges, tell us a little bit about the um, the Pebble Beach about yeah. the, the tournament. This is this is a big deal. It, yeah, you know it, it, it is a big deal. Of course, you know I've I've played in that event. It's called the it was called the Wilson World Pro Am. It was I took it over on its fortieth year, so its fortieth anniversary was the first annual uh, In His Grip World Pro Am. Okay, which uh, you know, I'm affiliated with a ministry here in Nashville called In His Grip with Scott Lehman and. Uh, you know that's a whole nother podcast. Sure. You know, just and we plan on having it. Yeah, amazing. Just an amazing journey I've I've been on with them, and, and uh, so excited to see what the future holds. But well, not to go into detail about that. That again, that's for another time. Yeah. But the the process of surrounding yourself with those men of like mind. Mm. I mean it, that that that's imperative in your your journey. So so important. Yeah. You you. The, the people you hang around with and the people that you emulate and the people that you respect are so important in your life uh, to to have that be who you rely on right. and that be who you do fellowship with and, and that be who you uh, who you pray with and who you pray for. Uh, I think that uh, that's that's something I really never had uh, until I found that community. You know, we all yeah. search for it. But man, when when we have it, it's, it's something you got to hold on to mm-hmm. and be blessed. But yeah, the, so the Wilson World yeah. Program uh, had an opportunity, you know, right right before the accident. Uh, you know, Patricia and I talked about it. We went out there on vacation with the kids, uh, and the tournament was always either on her birthday, which is December second, or around her birthday. So I would say in the twenty years that that we were together, I missed her birthday day five or six times. The actual day, okay, just because of the tournament, and she understood. Hey, this is something that you love, and I'm gonna, you know, I, you have my full support. She had never been there, so we're walking around Pebble and enjoying it and having lunch, and, and we're out on the front lawn with the kids. And she looked over at me and she goes, "I, I see why." 
Yeah. I, Brian, I get it. I get why you... It's a magical, magical place. It's a magical yeah. place. You, know, you see it on TV. It, you know, TV doesn't even do it justice. I mean, right. That place is pretty magical. So I, I befriended the owners of the tournament, and I said, hey, guys, if you ever... They were getting older. Uh, one of them actually passed away uh, kind of right after... Right after Patricia. So Patricia passed away in August. Uh, Gordon died in March of the next year, so 2019. Um, But we we were in negotiations before that accident came. Uh, We put things on hold for a little bit. So right around the end of September, I get a phone call from uh, Dick Farley, who lives in Chattanooga. He's one of the other owners of the event. And we had all, the tournament went out to bid. Uh, And, you know, there was no value on it. No one knew what it was worth. Sure. So I, I did some numbers, and you know, I kind of came up in my brain what would be fair because he had asked me to um, submitted my bid. And, you know, that was it. Probably submitted my bid in June. Um, accident in August. He calls me in September, and Dick calls me, and we, we had talked right around the accident because he called and you know just his sympathies sure. know, for the family and you know whatever. We had we had a good conversation. Uh, and a September comes, and he calls me, and he says, "Brian, I just want you to know, you, you know, appreciate your bid, but you know, you weren't the you weren't the highest bid for the event." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm like Dick, that's that's a shame. I, I really right. is there another opportunity? You know, what can I do? I mean, how can I? You know, is there something we can do in the future? You know, let, let me know how I can write the ship, or you know, whatever I need to do to right. be, to be the guy." And he goes, "Well, let me finish." He goes, <laughs> he goes I, "I didn't I didn't say you weren't the guy." I was simply letting you know that you weren't the highest bid. He goes, Brian, would you would you do the honor of, of taking this event over? Oh, that is incredible. And I mean, I get <laughs> I get chills just saying it, right? Because it's uh, again forty years of him building this building this event up. It and, just and, comes to show, like you know, I deal with this in real estate every day. Yeah, it's not not everybody is a bottom line person, right? You know, there there are. Um, it's it's people. It's oh, relationships, yeah. and and we, he we, wanted you to have that. We had a we had a great relationship. He reminds me so much of my old boss that I worked for in Columbus, named Walker Emman. Dick was like like a Walker to me. You know, he was somebody right. I looked up to, and I had a lot of respect for. So I, I think that showed in our relationship. I always leaned on his every word because he had great stories. And eighty five, you know, the guys. Oh, absolutely. Years old, and still, you know, still still going strong. So uh, you know, we have the conversation, and and I, I just said, Dick, I said. uh you know, I'm, I'm going to make you proud. Uh, I can, I guarantee you that I'm going to, I'm going to do something with this event. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm just telling him right. what I, what I want to do. And then I thought about it and prayed about it and had conversations about it. And it, it was easy for me to want to turn it to God's work and want to have it mean something. Uh, I think when you put a little meaning behind something, it, it'll gather. It just gathers. Absolutely. So it I gets went, legs. Went and named it the In His Grip World Pro-Am. So the year that I took it over, we had 13 teams playing the event. The year that I, I'm sorry, the year that he sold it to me. So that final year he was in charge, we had 13 teams. So my first year taking it over, you know, we had 25 teams, and I've got 30 teams on the waiting list. That's great. So this year we're going to have 30 teams with a multitude of teams on the waiting list. So the event's just, uh, uh, it's got a purpose to it. So I think Absolutely. with uh, the sunrise service on the 18th green at Pebble on Sunday morning before the first round, uh, you know, Pebble was 100 years old, and they've never had a sunrise service on the 18th green. Wow. And it's the prettiest place in the world because the sun actually comes up right over the hilltop on the left, and it's just majestic. So we did it. 
I did it with the kids that year, the year that Patricia passed away, that December. So she passed away in August. We were there in December. And I'm telling you, it was the most amazing sunrise I have ever seen in my 20 years going out there. It was special. So So the kids got to experience it, and we just just had a real special time. We did a sunrise service this past year, and it was amazing. We had 100, 100 people playing the event, 75 turned out for the sunrise service. So awesome. Pretty good. Just and and to feel God's presence in all of this. Yeah. Like you could you, you know, at the end of your life you could probably sit down and just you know, write it all out and see the see the map, see so, the path. So, you know, our 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 sign from Patricia is a rainbow. Anytime we see a rainbow, that's mom saying hi. First tee shot at Spanish first day right after the sunrise service. I'm standing on the first tee and what pops out of the sky? A rainbow. So yeah. just a very emotional and we did a video right there with a rainbow behind me and, and I mean the tears were just were just flowing. Can then, imagine. Twenty years been playing in the event. There's never been a hole in one in the event that I've been playing in for twenty years. We had two in this event. <laughs> and listen to this. One of them was by my business partner and best friend, Brooks West on the most iconic hole at Pebble, number seven. I say seven. So he hits the shot. It goes in. I mean, everybody's going crazy. He pulls his ball out of the hole. And on his ball is the number 26, which is his son's birthday, but also the day Patricia passed away. So he he looks at it and he goes, 26, my son's birthday. He kisses it and raises it up to the sky. And at that point, he wasn't thinking about Patricia, of course. He was thinking about a hole in one and Uh his son's birthday. So we get to the dinner at the end of this, uh, which is thir- uh, Wednesday night out there at Pebble, and uh, it hits me as we put the video together. It hits me that that ball says twenty six, and he pulls it out of the hole, and the whole the whole God thing just becomes even more uh. real. Like, wow! I mean, <laughs> my best friend, twenty six. He he's. No one would want of him, him to make a bigger impression than Patricia because they loved each other. In an event you probably shouldn't even be a part of, right? Right. So, if if a you know a normal businessman was in charge, you probably wouldn't. Right. But I'll tell you what. What what would have here's what would have happened before. We would have missed all these little things. Absolutely. The rainbow, the uh-huh. two hole in ones, the meaningful conversations, the 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 sunrise service. I mean, all that would have been taken for granted. Now it has a special meaning now, to it. Now it has a special meaning. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Very cool. And I, I don't think God's done with you yet. I think you're just getting started. I, I can. I think I can agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some cool things happening. And it's been really cool from you know the outside looking in. Um, you know, I'm a little younger than you, and and kind of looked up to you, and and watched, you know, as as your life has progressed. And the past two years, it's like you're seeing. 10, 15 years of life just take off in a two-year period. And, and you know, dealing with the loss you did, it could have gone in a horribly different direction. Absolutely. Wow. Well, um, I got a couple questions for you. Even with all these things in your life, um, what are some of the things you still struggle with? There's some things that, you know, everybody has to go to God with daily struggles, what are some things that that are your daily struggles that you have to kind of work at? Yeah, I think I think the same struggles. You know, like we talk about at the gym. You know, I've got I've got a two hour 
pack, you know, during the day here now with COVID in there that, that I've got free time. And in my world, free time was bar time. Yep. You know, let's go see my buddies and have a couple beers. Could be noon or two o'clock, you know, whatever it is. That that was my free time. So I think I, I always pray for, you know, stability in my life and, you know, God, let me make the right decisions and let me, let me, uh, let me just feel your presence. Because I think when my car wants to turn right to go mm-hmm. to the bar, it just keeps going straight to the gym, <laughs> is, is my feeling. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I could easily turn in and go to the bar, right? Sure. It's on my way. Now, um, is that still a struggle, or is that something like God has taken that he, off your shoulders? He, he's taken it off my shoulders, but I always pray for it because I don't know if it's ever going to come back. I you think have to it, take on the suit of armor. Yeah. And, and again, certain I think certain things that happen in my daily life there's always triggers uh, I think there's you're 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 born with triggers I mean when you're when you see food you're hungry when mm-hmm. you you know all these things and of course I'm around that that environment every day you know my club has a bar it has people that drink it has people that have fun you know the guys like to go out and, and beer on the course and mm-hmm. um, I'm around it all the time so I mean my prayer in the morning and that's my my prayer time is you know early in the morning I get up and, and do my thing call it my tea time don't miss my tea time uh but that, that's uh, it's absolutely a constant prayer right i mean you always have to go but you're being deliberate about it absolutely you're not just sitting in you know sitting in a space and and hoping things right you get through this it's you're very deliberate about your prayer time you're yeah, very I mean, deliberate about focusing on that leaning a hundred percent on on the man upstairs to guide me through this this time because I, I, you know, it's unprecedented. I've never had to do anything like this. You know, you know, I got some funny texts. Not funny. They were meaningful. But Happy Mother's Day. You know, for Mother's Day. You know, we know you do a role. Right. Uh, but, you know, you're just you're the best dad and mom we know. Uh-huh. You know, one of those. It was kind of funny. Sure. And I got you know ten or twelve texts from some of my buddies. I thought it was cute. Uh, but that they're they're kind of saying, "Hey, man, way to go." Yeah. You're you're. You're fighting the good fight, and you're you're doing what you need to do for your family. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely, there could definitely be other decisions I, I could make, but I'm trying to put Connor and Riley first, and that that's that's just the way it has to be. Yeah, because that's what Patricia would have done. Absolutely, and I commend you for that. I mean, so I think my daily and my daily prayer is that I just want you know when I go to heaven, I just want those arms open. And I want that welcome of well done, well, well mm-hmm. done, well done, Brian. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for picking up the pieces and you know being a man of God and understanding how important your family is. And you know, I, I just I appreciate you because she knew how much I appreciated her. Yeah, man. Well, I got one more question. Something I like to to ask all my guests, and it's it's kind of ironic your son's sitting right over here, but. Um, if you could share one piece of advice with twenty-year-old Brian, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> wow. So basically, with Connor sitting right over here, what's what's you got one thing to tell him? <laughs> Man, that's a that's a low. That's like a whole day question. Man. I know it. You know, in my in my world and what I've been with, been through, I, I just think you know, spend your time wisely, um, spend it with purpose. Uh, you know. Go through that Bible. It's your rule book. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, opinion. It's not for opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is what it is. I, I think if you can always uh, lean on God for uh, help and and 
getting through any times. So they don't have to be tough times. You pray to God when you feel great. You pray to God when you feel bad. You mm-hmm. just you just make it part of your your daily your your daily practice. And I I can't imagine if you get too far away from Him that you're going to be you're going to be okay. Yeah. Once you get far away and He's not the center, then then some problems can start to happen. All right. Well, brother, I can't thank you enough. You um, again, you've always been someone that that I look up to, and and um, you know, with with a lot of the things that you've dealt with, um, you're an inspiration to a lot of us. So, I'd like to pray over you, um, which I'm sure you're okay with. Absolutely, but, uh, Father. Thank you for my dear friend Brian. Thank you for giving him the courage to share his story, but more importantly, thank you for giving him the courage to share the story of your son Jesus. Let Brian's life story touch others in a way that brings glory to your name and changes lives for the better. I pray that you bless the path he walks on, remove obstacles in his way, and you give favor to he, Riley, and Connor as they share their story with others. And I also thank you for our friendship and the wisdom he has placed in my life. Um, Again, Brian, thanks for being on the show. and Love you, brother. Amen, brother. Love you, too. All righty. Thank you. The 615 Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review at nickwoodard.com forward slash podcast.